Welcome to the Indie Comics section. Join us as we take you through the pages of some of the best stories and art available in comics. We'll talk to creators, hear about their inspiration and creative process, and then we'll read their comic and discuss it together. We hope you'll join us on this journey into some incredible comics and find some new favorites along the way. Have you ever been ghosted? Have you ever been ghosted in LA? Tyler's shaking his head. <laughs> this is a great opening, Tyler. We have the amazing, incredible, wonderful Cena Grace with us today, and I'm your host, Maddie. Hi, I'm Sylvia. Uh, Dave Tigerman. And I actually have been ghosted in Orange County, which is close to LA, so <laughs> I'm going to count it. Cena, would you like to introduce yourself, your fabulous self? You know I would. Um, <laughs> hi, my name is Cena. My last name is Grace, so Cena Grace for you. The coolest name uh, ever. And... Uh, I'm a writer and artist living in Los Angeles. I do comic books. Um, I did the Iceman series over at Marvel. And I've done some stuff for DC, including like a Shazam one shot and a Plastic Man story. And um, right now I am here with y'all. I think we're going to just spend some time celebrating uh, the fabulous book, Treasure of My Heart, uh, that is called Ghosted in LA. And um, along with some other things, like I'm also co-writing Go Go Power Rangers at Boom. Yay. I did a Jughead book uh, recently. Who's your favorite oh, Power that? Ranger? Important there, question. I, you know what? That's like a very political question. You're not wrong. But I think like there's, they're different in different ways. Like I, like I love writing Trini, um, but then I love doing fight scenes with Kim and trying to figure out the bow and arrow of it. And then yes. I like the love scenes with like Kim and Tommy. Aww. And then I also like love like baboon. Like I just love them all in different ways. Um, so totally unfair. They're like your best friends, you know, like you, mm -hmm. I, I guess, but you do always have a best, best friend, but I don't, do. I don't want to create a fight. I do have <laughs> to say Kimberly did teach me how to love that. that that's my first there love, first crush ever. Aww. My boyfriend and I straight up dressed as Kim and Tommy for Comic Con this year, and it was it was like that's a, disgusting. We called it Go cute. Go Party Rangers. So my friend was already doing Red <laughs> Ranger, and then my other friend was yellow, and then I was pink, and my boyfriend was green, and it was the best. <laughs> I just wanted to show off how great my life is for a minute. Okay, but Kim forever. Uh, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, another important question: Have you ever been ghosted in LA? Me? Uh, plenty of times. <laughs> Have you ever ghosted um, someone? I've, I, I've, I've, definitely, I've definitely been ghosted. Um, oh, sorry. Never. I'm trying to think of like anything that's like noteworthy. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think the best that happens is like people will like ghost you for like a week or two weeks, like after like really good dating. And then mm. they'll be like, hey, what's up? Um, <laughs> that's what I get a lot more of where no. like people decide that I'm not important <laughs> well that's the worst about ghosting right is it's like you feel like you're not important but it's not about you it's about them and their own mm -hmm. ridiculous lives mm -hmm. you just have to rise above which clearly you're doing because you have an amazing comic series and are working on so many more uh what i'm showing them i'm taking that experience and i'm making money off of it that's yeah. the best revenge <laughs> my favorite is when they're still following you on instagram or something you're like yeah look at that did you see what i just did <laughs> and they, and they oh, interact yeah. and like your and like your stuff yeah oh, you're yeah. like i'm glad you're you like, see oh this. you're still here that's modern dating for you. <laughs> what what yeah, inspired when they're viewing your stories? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I like really pedally look, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> see my cute photo. See what I'm doing. Scorpio uh, energy. It is a lot there. of Scorpio energy. <laughs> what what inspired this amazing comic? 
Um, so it basically came from, um, I was trying to get a project off the ground with my editor, uh, Shannon Waters at Boom Studios. Like, I really love working with her. We had done um, a couple of Adventure Time stories together and some regular show things together. And uh, we were talking about kind of like what are interesting log lines for both of us. And, and we both were into an idea of like a supernatural Melrose place. And um, one thing led to another and, and the conversation landed at like Melrose place, but with ghosts. And then um, I really tried to challenge myself by kind of creating a character that I like don't necessarily relate to. I've always known that I've wanted to do comics. And so when uh, I created Daphne Walters, she's like this, you know, this girl who moves to LA for her boyfriend and then uh, gets ghosted by him. And then, you know, she doesn't really know what she wants and she doesn't quite know who she is. And, and that just was so much fun to me. And she's still someone that I think we all can root for, even if she is a little uh, like, even if her footing is a little shaky, um, she's still someone that like, you're like, okay, I get it. Like you're making mistakes, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) and, and that's where it all came from. And then I, What's that? That's all of us, right? <laughs> yeah, a little bit, right? And and I'm from LA too, so that was the other exciting thing. Was mm-hmm. like, oh, how do I, how do I honor the city or say something new that like maybe other people haven't done before? Um, so that's kind of how it all came together, and it was really super quick. Like I, I think you know the best advice I can give people if they're aspiring writers or creators is like if something feels good or feels right you you chase after that and, mm. and you go with it because I literally left that meeting and had to pull over and sit in a cafe and like I wrote you know what ended up becoming um the first version of the outline like oh, wow. I think it was called like the ghosts of Rycroft Manor or something like that mm-hmm. so it was very clear to me like right from the get-go and then obviously like a lot of changes happened and there were some tweaks but um yeah that's a that's kind of like a pro tip is like if you're inspired, like chase the inspiration. Um, and then, and the other pro tip is like, uh, if you still want to do it when you hit (laughs) the hard points, like that's when you know, you got to keep going. (laughs) I feel like that's so true of like Mm. everything, whether it's work or even a relationship or anything. Like if you can get through the hard parts, then you're good. Like you love it enough and Mm -hmm. you should only pursue the things that you truly love that way. That's awesome. Yeah, I have to say I really love Ghosts in L.A., which is weird because it's, like, not really a book that people would expect me to read. <laughs> uh, and the when Tiger I, Man? Yeah, and I even, you know, message you and I tell you how much I, I love this book, you know, and um, everyone, you know, that I t- say, hey, th- this book is amazing. You have to read it. They're like, you're reading that? But um, you, you have such a wide variety of, you know, of uh, books that you put out. How would you get into, like, creating comics? Um, I think it came from, I don't know, I've just always loved comics. Like, ever since I was a little kid, um, my mom would take me, you know, like, I I started, I think my first comic was, like, I I got it at the grocery store, like, back when you could still get comics at the grocery store. And, um, And I think the gateway drug was, like, movies and stuff. But to kind of be more succinct or more direct with that question, like, why comics? I think it's because there's so much more autonomy. Like mm. the number of people you need to make a movie is hundreds, you know? Um, the number of people you need to make a comic is like five to seven. Mm. And 
I like that it's visual too. Like it's not just a novel that it's really cool drawings and it's kind of pop art. Um, so I think that's why comics, I love the amount of control you can have telling the story while also, um, still getting to collaborate with a few people. And then, yeah, I don't know. It's just so neat and special. And I wish I could, I wish I had better words for (laughs) why, but yeah. Story is so powerful and comics, comics present kind of a unique opportunity to express yourself through story as well as through the visuals of your comics. So, um, that's what makes them so universally appealing to me. They're very much like movies, but uh, it just adds another layer of creativity um, so that people building that world in their brain and in their imagination can, can kind of explore it a little bit more and in more detail and in the way that you want. Um, so I guess along that vein, could you talk a little bit about the art style in Ghosts in LA and, and what led the direction for that? Um, I had worked with, uh, the artist Siobhan Keenan, um, on a gem in the holograms one shot. And before that she, oh, are you guys hearing me? Okay. Yeah. No, I was, I was just making an affirmation. I love gem in the hologram. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Cool. Uh, Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. And so, and she had also done a clueless graphic novel, uh, two actually that, uh, my friends wrote and they really loved her. And I just was like, oh, this girl is amazing. Um, and, and more to the point, like, I feel like with anything that I create, like the, uh, the wardrobe is very intentional. The visual aesthetics are, are like kind of key to me. And I knew that Siobhan had like a major sense for, um, the language of clothing and fashion and, and how to make these characters like tell you more about them with their clothes, especially when you're going to be stuck for like, you know, with these ghost characters, they're going to be in the same outfit for like 12 issues. Um, it it really has to kind of, that, that has to go the distance. Um, so yeah, I just kind of really wanted to work with her and she had luckily like been her schedule, like was open. Um, I mean, I definitely kind of played it to my, like we were finishing up the gem thing and I was like, Hey, (laughs) like I'm pitching this other thing and I really want you to draw it. Like, don't take on another job. Um, and luckily she didn't. <laughs> well, she was also in school at the time, still wrapping up school. Also, wow. can you believe that? Like that that artist That's incredible. was going to school full time and also like churning out the first couple issues of Ghosted in LA. It's insane. Well, that's what I love about comics too, is it brings out the best of so many different types of artistry, you know, like the writing and the art, like you just don't get that. Like you can look at a painting or a picture and it's great, but it's just one moment versus a comic can really take you through so many moments of a character's life and all of these things. And you get to, to see them as well as experience them through story. Now, now Sina, I know that you, uh, you always put a little piece of you in every book that you write. And I really want to touch more on that, like later too, but who else influences and in, uh, influences you how to like create the books and stuff? Um, it's all over the place. Um, like, I, you know, it, it's not just comics. Uh, yeah. I de- Well, and even if it is just comics, like I try to get out of sort of my comfort zone or what everyone's talking about and go to a couple different comic stores and see what's big, um, not just in like the big two, but, you know, even like indie and manga, like uh, I've sa- I say this all the time, but like the manga I'm obsessed with is Girl from the Other Side. It's so mm. weird and creepy and stunning and beautiful um, and moody. I love moody books. 
Um, and then I follow like anything Mariko Tamaki does. And she is able to kind of like, you know, like Laura Dean keeps breaking up with me. is just as good as Harley Quinn breaking glass. Mm. Um, and I love, yeah. And I love that her characters are all so, uh, they're just so warm. You want to live in her worlds, but, uh, mm. the, you know, but the other thing too, is like, I'll go to museums and I'll go to concerts. And I think that's why in everything I do, there is this like music component. It's not me trying to like throw my taste at you or, you know, be like, Oh, I know about this thing. It's more, I'm trying to create like another layer, like a soundtrack almost to these comic books. And so even in ghost in LA, like they're, uh, they go to a concert in the second issue and that's a real band, Rosie Tucker. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're super awesome. And I just, you know, and it was one of those things where I thought like, Oh, like what, what makes you really feel like you're in it? Like, how can I capture, um, another one of your senses? in a book um and so music plays a big part of that and and yeah even with uh yeah and then in the third issue of ghost in la she goes to you know daphne goes to lacma um so i'm definitely engaged with art and and i try to keep expanding my horizons so that way whatever is funneling through my subconscious is different than say like you know what's funneling through like joshua williamson's subconscious Mm -hmm. because like he probably spends a lot of time you know, reading, reading Marvel and DC. So I want to like, yeah, I don't know. That, that was also rude. I know Josh watches a lot of movies. And actually, like, let's, nope. That's uh, all he does. I didn't mean it like day. that, but I guess anyway, <laughs> all I mean to say is I try to, I try to have something different to say. Totally. And if I'm not actually saying it, then I want what I'm saying to come from somewhere different than what others are saying. Totally. Have you ever made like a podcast or excuse me, not a podcast. You're on one right now. Yay. Um, have you ever made like a Spotify <laughs> playlist or anything for your comics? Um, I've done it in like, like I'll handwrite it and then post it on Twitter. That's so um, cool. And then I think with, yeah. And then I think with Iceman, we did um, like we had a deal with, I think it was Spotify or somebody where, yeah, me and the artists would just write, like, you know, the dozens of songs we were listening to. And yeah. and that's kind of another pro tip I tell people is, like, making soundtracks for different characters or different projects really helps you get in the zone. Um, and so, like, because there's this IDW book I'm working on right now called Read Only Memories. That's mm. this, like, futuristic, neo-noir, cyberpunk detective story. And so for that, that like... That sounds awesome. I... Yeah, I, I I turned out to it like it was one of those things where I was like, I think I can do this. And then <laughs> seeing the final product, I'm like, oh, my God, I really am so happy that I, I said yes and, and mm-hmm. took on the challenge. But uh, that soundtrack, I think I just what band was it? Like I was just listening to like A Place to Bury Strangers like over and mm-hmm. over again. And then there was this one album that's similar. Like I just put one album on repeat. And how am I forgetting its name now? Oh, Dirty Beaches. I was just listening to this one album by Dirty Beaches like over and over again because it's so like moody and ambient and, yeah. and like a little creepy and a little David Lynchy. And um, so, yeah, I think playlists for different projects are really helpful and really inspirational. But it's also subjective. Like, you know, I like I don't know, like I feel like already you could think I have the best or worst taste in the world. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, you find out. Like, what if you found out I listened to Taylor Swift writing Power Rangers? I don't, yes. but, like, I you mean, know, like, what is the... <laughs> again, I'm a pink Power Ranger fan, so, like, it tracks for me. <laughs> I, I feel I had to stick up for T-Swift a little bit, and uh, I personally listen to her a little bit when I draw, but uh, when I draw, I usually like to, like, make myself feel like shit. 
And so I, I listen to uh, like Halsey and Lana Del Rey a lot. I made Davey do a, a nice. I was like, all of your art is really depressing. Can you please do something nice? And he finally did. Yeah. So I had to turn off the Halsey, Halsey a little bit, you know. Uh, I was so proud of you. It was like one thing that didn't make me sad in my soul. And it was a monkey. It was a monkey, which. There you go. Yeah. The ch- and look what came out of the challenge. It was a monkey. Right? <laughs> you know what? Sometimes not, you just have not, to be pushed out of the box. And not any monkey. It was Blip from Space Ghost. Nice. So. <laughs> it made me smile. So there you go. You um you've t- you touched on something a little bit earlier that I'd like to kind of circle back to, which is that the main character of your story is somebody that you can't relate to. What What was the experience of writing a character that you didn't really understand very well what was that process like did you find things about this character that you did like that you weren't expecting to um out of that creation well i guess you know and i don't i I do want to make a distinction like i do (laughs) i don't want to say like oh i understand her but i do know this girl like yeah um a she is like loosely based off of um an editor friend of mine, a different one, not Shannon. Mm, and then B, awesome. like she speaks very much to like these girls that, you know, these like Jewish girls I went to high school with um, <laughs> that have a lot of like nervous energy and, you know, they fill the air with banter. And, and, and it's not just like, like I also have, like, I think you then do the thing of like, how do I kind of meditate on my version of it? So it's mm. like, she has a really codependent relationship with her mom. I have a different relationship with my mom, mm-hmm. but I think it's fun to then be like, okay, well, like when have I been in a fight with a person who had that kind of relationship with her parents or had this kind of upbringing? And instead of seeing it from my point of view, let's see it from her point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was stuff like that. But what was really funny uh, was when we were doing the Chris Anka variant cover for issue one, um, Chris texted me and said, Hey, like what would be in her handbag? Cause I'm going to have a bunch of like stuff flowing out of her handbag. That's awesome. And I literally was like, okay, she would have like beef jerky, tampons, <laughs> a pen, a, an actual like calendar. Like, cause she has to handwrite her like schedule. Uh, she'd have a book that she's reading. Like, let's have it be like the pocket version of the virgin suicide. Like, <laughs> Let's have a sunglasses case, like this, that, and the other. And then he knew that it was also based off of, like, visually based off this this one girl. So he sent her um, a screen grab of my text message. And he was like, hey, is this what's in your handbag? <laughs> and then she sent him a picture of her handbag, oh like, thrown out on the table. And it was, like, literally all that. I think, <laughs> I think she had, like, salami instead of beef jerky oh or the other. Like, maybe I said cheese. Like, she had string cheese instead of... That's but it was incredible. even down to her having like food in her handbag. <laughs> I, um, I that... and I would be best friends, honestly. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, yeah, that's so like any time. Like... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, I think it was just more of a like, I wanted to give flesh to this person because I yeah. haven't seen her in comic books. Like, I think the only there are a few, uh, but the most prominent like Jewish girl in comics is Kitty Pride, and like mm-hmm. I think she's just one kind of Jewish girl. I think she's like the Natalie Portman Jewish girl, <laughs> um, which is great. But you know, there are like there are other versions, and they're I don't know. And I just kind of wanted to, yeah, like I didn't want to do a Mary Sue type character. I didn't want to do like a Bella Swan. Like I really just kind of wanted to give 
flesh to someone that I know reads comics, but maybe hasn't seen herself in comics. So, so when you're walking yourself through that mental, uh, that mental exercise of like taking an argument with somebody from their point of view, do you think, do you think you made any discoveries about yourself or about other people during the writing of this? Because, because of, uh, kind of mental conversations you had to have with yourself in that sense. For sure. I mean, I think it was more also just being able to like put language to things I had experienced. Like I know that like when I get a best friend, I kind of like imprint on them or they imprint on me really hard. And it's like difficult when we then have to become separate people. Like if they get into relationships or if they do things that I think are mistakes. Um, and it's something I've worked on. Cause like, you know, obviously Daphne's 18 I'm 33. I should be like a little bit more mature than her, just a little bit. Um, and so, or her best friend, Christy, I should say. But uh, yeah, I think it's more seeing both sides of it and, and just also kind of real, like, like the big lesson I learned is like, just because you care about someone doesn't mean like where you're coming from is right. Like, doesn't mean it's right for you to like act this way or treat them this way. Like, like you can love someone too hard. You can love yeah. someone too much. And that can like be revolting and off-putting. Um, and it's hard. Yeah. And I think friendship, you know, and I think also just like exploring how much love there is in friendships was, mm-hmm. was a kind of, um, I don't know what like sandbox to play in for this book. Um, yeah. And, and same with Power Rangers too. You know, they like the, area we're talking about in the series of the show is like when the three original cast members leave and they bring on the three others Mm. and it's great to like kind of explore that emotionally because they kind of just go and everyone's happy like they're like oh go have fun at your you know (laughs) retreat like where is it switzerland and then like these other new people come in oh my god hey like you're part of the team cool but like there's so much to it if you really really look at that chronologically and you look at them in high school and they're best friends and it's like it's it's so tough when like these people who were your everything are changing and and they still love you but they're making decisions that have nothing to do with you and and you have to be okay with that yeah how do relationships grow over time that's such an important thing Mm -hmm. and i think so many stories are focused on heroism or romance or all these other things like i think it's so important to talk about friendship and just relationships in general and how do you grow together and grow older together and mature and and all of that which to that yeah it's it's super real (laughs) yeah which to that point what do you want people to get away from to take away from ghosted in la like what do you hope they walk away with at the end of the comic um i think like I just hope they're endeared. <laughs> I just yeah. hope they like the characters. Um, but I think it's also just learning to be okay with certain, like learning to be okay with the journey is kind of one aspect of it. I think that's kind of why I picked these ghosts and where they died in the history of Los Angeles is you really get to um, sort of see like, even just from the idea and like, I don't, you know, I have no, I have no right to like speak, for this, but I can like observe and report about this, but just even like what it meant to be a single girl through history yeah. or single woman, like, yeah. um, and that's, yeah. And then I think that's why, you know, and dating, whether it's dating or living by yourself or even getting divorced, like the matriarch of the building, Aggie, like she gets divorced in the twenties. And like, mm. what was that for women in the twenties? You know, 
Um, and then you see a girl like Pam who, uh, she died in the sixties, even though there was a typo in the second issue, but we fixed it for the trade. She died in the sixties. Um, you know, and she kind of like, what was, what was expected of her back in the sixties? Like all she needed to be was just like a girl, like a feminine girl. And then you have someone like Shirley who, you know, died in the nineties and was like a single mother. Um, and, and also like a single woman who had to, pay rent like you know she had to have a job like Mm -hmm. she couldn't just live off of um child support and alimony like she had to kind of take care of herself um and then we and I do stuff with that where like you know what is like I think Shirley's struggling the most with what is her life outside of her children Mm. because and that you know that's like a lot I think about my mom in that way like you know my kid my kids my mom's kids are like the most important thing to her And, you know, everyone's left the nest. My sister doesn't live in this country anymore. And so it's kind of like watching her kind of figure that out for herself. I'm I'm putting a little bit of that into Shirley's story. Like, that's super important for me. So I guess I just want people to be okay with figuring out how to live their lives. Like, and that it's that there's a zillion different ways. And I think, you know, just be compassionate. Like, maybe uh, hopefully they learn a little bit about compassion when they read my stuff. (laughs) Because I do try to give everyone their side of the story. Totally. Yeah, not only being my uh, one of my top writers, uh, you're also one of my top artists too, and you have some achievements that like a lot of artists wish they could have. You uh, done covers for Power Rangers, TMNT Power Rangers. You did uh, a variant for Jughead, and uh, you did a cover for uh, Walking Dead. Uh, can you yeah. talk to us about the the Walking Dead? I know you like you told me about it before, and I thought it was just a, a great story behind it. Of course. Yeah. Um, so I was the editor of the walking dead a couple of years ago. Um, I was editorial director at skybound and, uh, when I moved on to kind of pursue everything that Dave just said, thank you so much. Uh, you are an ego boost and I love you. I'll, I'll um, always build you up, buddy. Always. <laughs> um, but when I was, so yeah, I kept in touch with Robert, you know, try, you know, you always try to be nice to your former bosses. And um, <laughs> when Pride Month happened about two years ago, uh, Robert's current editor, Sean Makowitz, reached out to me and he was like, hey, um, would you want to do a variant cover that would basically go to charity? And I was like, yeah, for sure. Um, and then Robert's concept was Jesus impaling a zombie with the with the rainbow flag. And, the best concept of um, all time. <laughs> yeah, and what was really cool was like, I guess I just, you know, I, I was very caught, like, I, I had a lot of pressure on myself to make sure this wasn't like, oh, it's just because this guy knows you or, oh, it's just because you're gay. And like, yes, those are factors, but like, I am not my factors. Like, I am the totality of me. And like, totally. like, lest you forget, like, I can also draw like you, you know, you wouldn't ask someone who can do <laughs> stick figures to do that. So I just like, I went hardcore on it. I went super gross and visceral and violent and badass and. Um, we had Tamara Bonville color it and she's a huge voice in the LGBTQ community too. So that was great to have her kind of also be a part of this like walking dead, uh, moment in history. And yeah, I was just super into it and super proud of myself for, um, I think doing a cover that even, even if, uh, you didn't like me, you might have to be like, okay, it looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and so, yeah, it was really, it was a really great experience and like also fun to kind of be a part of 
that train in a different capacity than just editing it. And, and yeah, it was, it was really cool. And just, yeah, I don't know. I, I had a great time and I, I still, I'm still so appreciative that they, they gave me that opportunity. I love the the point that you made about being, you know, the totality of your parts and not just letting one part define you. Um, not to be a tearjerker or make it about myself, but I did come out as bisexual this year. Um, to Congrats. A, thank you to a very conservative and not super appreciative family. So um, there, there's a lot of pressure, I think, um, you know, in that in that first phase of like acceptance where you're almost wanting to perform even harder uh, to to make yourself, you know, accept, you know, this new this new identity that you've kind of accepted and given yourself and it, you have to kind of re-remember who else you are as well. Um, and I think, I think it's important for people to recognize, you know, people are the sum of their parts, not one single label defines any of us. Yeah. It's definitely like a pendulum. Um, mm -hmm. and by the way, like, thank you for sharing that awesome story. Thank you. Um, please make it about yourself. That was rad. Um, but it is a pendulum too, right? Where like you're also getting in the groove of it and you're figuring out what version of this identity you're absorbing and taking on. You get to mm -hmm. try on sort of, you know, different shoes as it is. Um, and that's, and I think that's cool. And I think that's something that like I try to create a lot of space for mm -hmm. yeah. um, with the queer community in comics is like, you know, you don't you like you can be turbo gay like please be turbo <laughs> gay if you want to be but you don't have to be like you yeah, also don't yeah. have to be but you know i think also then if you're not like explore why not because sometimes mm -hmm. and i and i think that i'm speaking more for like queer dudes mm -hmm. there's this there's this hardcore resistance to be and i i like saying turbo gay <laughs> um to being turbo gay because like you then think that there's something um like deficient about you that you're you're not mm. masculine enough or you're not mm. this enough or you're not that enough you're not yeah. man enough and it's like you know what like no like be whoever you want to fucking be like yes it you know like I had an ex who was just like super straight reading did not like you know he doesn't like Lady Gaga Taylor Swift any of the like quote-unquote like girl musicians mm -hmm. um but he went fucking crazy for RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, and, <laughs> awesome. and you heard him talk about that and you were like, oh, you're gay. Yeah. <laughs> besides, like, you know, besides, like, sucking wiener and, uh, and Drag Race, he just was a straight guy, like, down to, like, his hygiene. That's awesome. Um, I, I can kind so, of but, yeah, relate it does, a little. You do kind of have to, like, be okay with that. Be yeah. okay with yeah. where you land and, and ask yourself, like, why am I landing here? And it's okay wherever you land, I think. Everything changes. Like, it's, a, you know, as long as you're good with you in the moment, that's kind of all that matters. How, how, what is it like for you? And obviously, you are so much more than any, you know, piece of you. But what is it like to represent a community and to be able to be a strong voice for that community? Because especially with an independent comics, we see so much more of that, um, where there are these voices that can come out. And even for you, too, even though you're male, being a voice for women, right? Like writing these strong women into ghosted and ghosted. I cannot speak today. I'm so sorry. Ghosted in LA. <laughs> um, you know, what does it feel like to be a voice for different communities and to be able to have that power of storytelling and, and inspire people and make them feel like they're not alone? Um, I mean, when you put it that way, it feels like I should feel something, I guess. But <laughs> um, no, I mean, I do feel things like I feel, um, I guess I feel very like, I've got to be like, I got to do it 
I got a, I don't know how to put it, but like, like, you know, so I did this Iceman book, which is really cool. And I got to create a drag queen. I actually own a uh, original page from it as well. Super cool. And Davey gave me a copy of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is one of my favorite X-Men comics. And I've never been a fan of Bobby, let me tell you. But that comic was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, right when it was announced, I, uh, I I messaged Cena and I'm like, I need a page of this. <laughs> I, I need one. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. And I'm glad Robert hooked it up with you. Um, he drew the second volume for listeners. But um, yeah. And I, you know, basically, I guess like so. I, I'm like talking in circles and I feel or I'm not making the most amount of sense today, but that's You're okay. Amazing. Uh, Don't worry. I, I used to do things to be like, okay, would like 10 year old me be happy with me? Like 10 year old mm-hmm. me would be thrilled that like, I get to work on X-Men because X-Men was my favorite of the Marvel books growing up. Like 10 year old me would be super happy that I have a dog now, like all this <laughs> stuff. And then, but you know, I'm in my thirties now. And, and one of the things I've been like examining is like the idea that like what works for you at one point in your life does it work for you at another phase in your life? Mm. And so, oh, sorry, dropped, dropped. Uh, I'm here. I'm back. Um, and so when I finished Iceman and kind of like realized that some of the, some aspects of the experience are working for this larger company, like were unsavory or like not the best, then I was kind of asking myself, okay, well, like, well, what would high school me say? Mm. How would high school me feel about this? Because I'm working for this massive corporation and I'm telling a story that's like incredibly personal yeah. and creating, you know, and, and then it just sort of was like, am I, did I do it right? Did I sell out? Whatever. And, um, I realized that like high school me would, would not be worried about the consequences mm-hmm. or would be smart enough to think four steps ahead of whatever the immediate consequences are about kind of like speaking up or standing up for yourself or, you know, kind of, uh, taking a stand for what, what matters in in my book. And so, yeah, I just made this, you know, it goes back to just like what, as long as you're good with you, like what makes it so you can sleep at night. Mm -hmm. And for me, I just felt like, okay, I am in this position where I could potentially, uh, be candid about how I saw some shortcomings with this publisher and the consequences are, I'm going to get blacklisted. Uh, and I might get blacklisted from other companies. And so I just was like, yeah, but I can, I can draw my own stuff. Like worst comes to worst. Like I'll make my own books. Like, mm. you know, when I worked for Robert, I learned how to like, you know, do InDesign and, and I know Photoshop. So it's like, I can build a book. Like I can just do books on my own. Um, and that's something that maybe people in my position don't have that power for, you know, there mm. are writers out there who are definitely going through what I'm going through, you know, across all boards. Um, and it's not just because of their sexuality. It could be, you know, about their gender. It could be about, um, their race, like most definitely. And so I just kind of was like, I'm the only one who can like, I, I have this, this weapon that they don't have, which is I can draw my own shit. I don't need $25,000 to have a publisher hire an artist for me. Um, so I was like, okay, do it. Like, just do it. And if everything falls apart, I also have a college education and I can join the workforce and I can just self publish and I'll still be making comics and no one can take away that I've already made, you know, like thousands of pages of published comics. Like I've done it, you know, I want to keep doing it, but like I've done it and no one can take that away from me. And I think 
that was the more important thing was like, did I make the most of what I had? And I felt like there was a point where making the most of what I had was not being selfish and being like, oh, I'm taking these opportunities and and I'm going to grow my platform. It was more like, no, I've got to like pair myself with people who I think their voice needs to be heard. And then more to the point, like take some risks, like take my licks, like it, you know, so that that's when I felt good about myself in terms of like, all right, I'm using my money to donate to causes I care about. And I'm using my artwork to like donate to causes I care about. Um, like last year I did something for rainbow railroad, which helps, um, get LGBTQ people, uh, either like resources or out of, uh, countries with state enforced violence. Um, so that was like, I felt really good. I was like, that's a real thing. Like that's better than just like, you know, I donated to Planned Parenthood, which is also a real thing, but like (laughs) I, you know, I just like, yeah, you're constantly wondering how can you do your best? And I felt like last year I got very close to it. Um, well, what's always can do you. better, but yeah. Well, and yeah, how did that work exactly, out for exactly. you then? Like you took these risks and you knew that, you know, it could come back, but overall you're still making comics. You're making incredible comics. I mean, Iceman was fantastic. And I think for, I am a cis straight person, <laughs> but like at the same <laughs> time, I have a lot of amazing queer friends and it's like to be able to see, big Marvel characters coming out to be able to see, you know, a walking dead cover with a pride flag. Like there's all these things that like, I love independent comics. They're so important. Individual voices should be heard, but they should also be heard in big too. Right. And so having those opportunities and being able to write something that is out of the box and that might be risky is amazing. And it, it brings strength and hope and story to so many people that haven't necessarily had it before. And that's awesome. Representation is so important. So important. So important. It wasn't until yeah. a lot of like modern shows that introduced yeah. queer characters that I started to feel more comfortable with with you know the side of myself that perhaps wanted a queer relationship, and and I think that people don't really realize the impact that just relating to somebody else in a small way has. Um, you know, you, it's one thing to, to experience life yourself and with your logic and your rationale and your emotional world, but it's quite another to try on someone else's and, uh, see where that leads you and what it teaches you about yourself. Um, and so that like, thank you, I guess is, is the gist of what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Thank you for writing these stories. Thank you for being that voice because it is so important what you do. Now two of my favorite, you're super welcome. (laughs) Uh, two of my favorite books that you've done is uh, Self Obsessed and Nothing Lasts Forever, which are extremely Cena based. Uh, how did it feel putting your whole self on the table like that? Uh, that felt, uh, for lack of a better term, awesome. Um, I just because I think, you know, kind of to the larger theme of this whole conversation, like we, you know, like I. If you're ever, if there's ever something about yourself that you have to keep concealed from people, and for me that was like, okay, a like I like men, and then like it also took a while for me to just like be proud and be like, and I like thick men, like I like my boys big, and like I don't, (laughs) and and I don't know why I need to feel bad about that because then that makes them feel bad, and it's like, what, like I should be their cheerleader, like in the sense of like you're awesome, like I, you know, at any rate, um, and so. Uh, with all that, um, I was just kind of done 
being any version of myself that like wasn't true to me. Um, and I made that book kind of when I'd hit a wall of, Oh, sorry. My dog is like resting on the headphones. Hold on. (laughs) Okay. Is that okay? I'm back. You're good. Um, uh, and so it felt great to just be like, this is like, this is me. Like, and, uh, I get down and this is my definition of getting down. It's different than other people's version of depression. Um, I get sick. I like try too hard. I, Mm. you know, all this stuff. And, um, it's just really liberating to kind of be like there, like, this is like, like fresh start. This is me. Uh, cause before that I was, I was kind of doing all these projects and, they weren't landing quite how I wanted them to, or they weren't leading to the opportunities I wanted. And I love them all, but like, and it's in nothing lasts forever. This conversation I have with Jeff Lemire, maybe this part of it isn't, I can't remember, but like Jeff is like, you know, if I look at like what you're putting out on the stands, like, I don't know who you are. Like you're illustrating Hmm. a kid's book over here. You're co-writing and drawing this like weird action book over there. And then you're, you know, drawing a little depressed boy. He's like, are you a freelance artist? Is that what you're trying to tell people? Like, what, like, who are you? Your work says who you are. Um, so it was a nice little manifesto to be like, well, then this is who I am. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And you know, it didn't make a, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, and then also I wanted to add something to something you were saying earlier when you were thanking me for the representation stuff. I, uh, it's been hinted at, but it's going to get real, real, real obvious in the next two issues of uh, Ghost in L.A. that Daphne is bisexual. Um, but what's really fun is like she even has this line where she's just like, I'm the laziest bisexual there is. She's like, I'm like a cat. I just flop yes. on my belly and whoever rubs it is getting my attention. <laughs> Daphne and I are Because I think friends. that's even I think that's <laughs> also part of the journey is like there's a generation of people where it doesn't matter. Like they yeah. just are gay or they're just queer or they're whatever, you know, and. Love is they love. don't have a big like some people do and some people don't and I'm just trying to broaden the narratives like that's awesome because um, I know that some people were like oh god this Iceman story is so reductive like we've already had the coming out story so I was like okay let's like let's just focus on the stories about being out like that's yeah. where I'm in but uh anyway yeah so the the self-obsessed stuff is fun and, and I want to get back to it I'm just trying to find a different approach because I'm sort of done talking about myself like I'm done meditating on like yeah my identity. I'm now kind of interested in taking that and applying it to like other, other things in the world. (laughs) Speaking of what else can, so ghosted in LA, the single issues are out now. Um, and then we get a trade in April, it looks like, which is super exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, it's from boom comics, uh, or boom studios technically. Right. Um, and, uh, you can order it from your local comic book shop. You can get it online um from boom what else can we expect from you coming up i know you're talking about another awesome project i'm doing yeah like so we just launched read only memories from idw it's based off this really really cool video game uh by mid boss um super super queer company like uh they're like i mean not that this is a selling point but i think it's just (laughs) it's more it's more like a cool kind of like i don't know it's just a cool version of the future where like uh, artificial intelligence has achieved sapience and mm. people can uh, modify their bodies, um, you know, and look like animals if they want to. So I think that's what's great is like the identity spectrum has expanded, not just to be queer, but like, you know, robots want to be treated as individuals. Yeah. And uh, my story follows a PI um, in Santa Cruz dealing with a missing persons case that has a human robot love story component. And yes. it just... 
um, is so weird and so fun. And she, her character is queer, but there's also a gay guy that is shows up and there's a non-binary character. And again, these aren't like, oh, you should read it because, but I just think it's, the book is just sprinkled with like so many awesome personalities. Um, and I, and I ended up just having the best time with it. Um, Jughead's Time Police that I wrote for Archie Comics is going to be collected, I think this month or next. And that was maybe the most fun I've had writing a comic and it's drawn by Derek, Derek charm. And I just love that book so much and I want everyone to buy it. And, and, and so if people haven't picked it up, uh, it's a really, really fun, spazzy book about Jughead and time travel. Um, and I feel like I landed my time travel plane. Um, (laughs) and there's, and there's lots of weird, and that's again, like, you know, a lot of weird Cena isms in there too. And Jenny Lewis shows up too. She's a real musician and I managed to sneak her actually in the book. So, um, I really love that project and I hope it kind of just continues, uh, making my life happy in, in graphic novel form. And then, I'm doing a Plastic Man story for a DC anthology called Crimes of Passion next month that nice. Mike Norton drew. And Plastic Man is so awesome. Yeah, it's a weird story. I think I, I don't know. I'm really curious to see if people like it because I definitely like, I swung hard for an eight page story, but we'll see. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time, your talent, uh, your awesome projects with us. We appreciate you so much. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you listeners for listening. Um, You can check out our other podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and all podcast apps. We're Um, everywhere. We are all over the place. Um, You can also check out our website, thegrandgeekgathering.com, for articles, videos, and more. Please also remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Let us know if you love Cena. We do. Uh, Let us know if you love Sylvia. We do. And Davey. (laughs) Everyone on this podcast is the best. Um, let us know what you think. Let us know what you're excited for coming up. Um, you can stay updated on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we stream on Twitch. The intro is provided by Cranston. And uh, you can buy Ghosted in L.A. from Boom. And go to your local comic book shop. Uh, order it from them. The trade's coming out in April. You can pre-order with your comic shop. Let them know. They'll order it for you. And that is the best way to do it. But you can also get it all over the place on the onlines. Uh, so come and join the gathering. Have a great week. And GGG. Thank you so much, Dina. You're the best. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>